gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler, brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln. Coming at you live from the Copple's Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakovin and Nathan Brennan. Happy Thursday, Thirsty Thursday to everybody out there. Well, that'll wait a little bit, but uh, uh, it is uh, the Ticket Water Cooler here brought to you by Colgan Water. I'm Jake Bokovan. He is Nate Dog, right? Uh, Check out with uh, Snoop Dogg last night, Nate I, Dogg. Uh, I didn't see any Snoop Dogg, but I'm also in a great mood, Bok. My uh, fantasy baseball team might be even better than I initially thought. Oh, wow. So, uh, we're off to a great start. We're moving along. Uh, the the happy hour triggered me a little bit because Paxton Lynch was brought up again. And, yeah, you know, that just kind of <laughs> gives me a little bit PTSD. So, but we're doing all right. We're having a good uh, Thursday. We'll go with that. Uh, Thursday Thursday today too. So we'll see uh, Kevin Meyer. Did but, Paxton uh, ever end up uh, starting a few games for Denver? I'm pretty sure he did, and they learned yeah. really quick this guy's just tall. <laughs> guy they also tall. figured it out with uh, Brock Osweiler, who got paid. If you remember that, I think well, it was, yeah, I think he was did. it the Texans that paid. He yeah. had like eighty-five million dollars, and then the next season said, "Nah, I quit." So yeah, but he's like six foot seven. How could you deny? <laughs> no, that's my point. It's something about Broncos and tall quarterbacks, other than Tim Tebow, who was hosed, by the way. But we don't even have to get into that. Oh my goodness, Paxton Lynch only played five career games, but he started four of them. I told you he was terrible. He, he was, was pretty he bad. was so bad. They gave and up that on him was Justin Fuente's claim to fame. Was that I coached Paxton Lynch? Look how that worked out for you. <laughs> hey, that uh, would you guys start off ten and three his first season or whatever? That was a good season. Uh, that was a great season. Yeah, but it was all Beamers recruits. Oh yeah, yeah it was literally Beamers good. recruits and Drod Evans who Fuente did recruit and decided he didn't want to come back. So well. Here we are. Here we are. It's an exciting day uh, for me, at least because uh, well, I didn't I didn't do much Snoop Doggin either. Uh, so ho- hopefully everybody had fun at the concert if they yeah, went. Yeah. Uh, there was a nice fog over Lincoln afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I didn't so, notice that. Uh, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Right? <laughs> How did that become there? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I thought it was uh, it's it's uh, I, I'm kind of over the Casey Rogers news. Not not over it altogether. You were pretty mad yesterday. I was pretty upset. I was uh, I was sounding the alarms. At times I'll do that, especially um, if it uh, you know if I learn of the news at the time um some people probably had an idea that that was coming a little bit but i that, that one caught me off guard i'll have to admit so uh you got my raw emotion and, and reaction there still pretty darn worried uh and it kind of leads me to the question of if if somebody felt you know came to nebraska hadn't watched college football were interested in what was going on um and asked you what has gone wrong with the scott frost tenure what would the first response be um because i think roster management certainly could be that. And that's that's the new age of, of college football. And of course, you know, it's always been that way to a degree, but it seems to be more and more mm-hmm. troublesome as uh, guys can kind of hit the portal. And, uh, you know, the the one you don't have to sit out a year, all that stuff. It, it's 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 a challenge for every coach out there. So I don't I don't think Scott Frost would be alone in this, but I do think that that would probably be near the top of my list if I were if you were to ask about um, what's gone wrong in the Scott Frost era. Uh, and there's a <laughs> the problem is there's 
there's a long long list of things. I mean, there's not a whole lot of things mm-hmm. that have gone right. I think it, like just you know, kind of coaching on field um, has been problematic. Um, yeah, you know, just undisciplined play, that sort of thing um, could be a, certainly be an answer. But again, that was kind of the same way at U- UCF. They were just able to overcome it. Nebraska uh, hasn't been able to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Are, are, have, have you uh, are you still in panic mode of, of the Casey <laughs> Rogers leaving, or you think Nebraska can uh, can shore up their defense? Of course, there's uh, been news that they've hit the transfer portal already, and I hope they would be looking for some defensive line help. Uh, listen, Bach, there's one number that's making me not panic. It's 29.2, percentage of uh, chance Nebraska to win the division. Keep that in mind. <laughs> FPI. Did that go down? Football Does that next- change after Casey Rogers leaves? Same. Same. Same move. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know if they even updated it all. They're just kind of like, ah, screw it. Throw yeah, it out there. Whatever. Um, I-, I think the biggest issue, for my opinion, Bach, is, is just player development. Um, when you're a school like Nebraska, me and you have talked about it extensively is when you look at Nebraska's blueprint, your closest comparison should probably be Iowa. It, you, you got to get these three stars in there. You got to make sure that, that they're able to develop over time and then just hope that that's enough to get you to nine, 10 wins, maybe a big 10 championship. It's, it's not 1995 anymore. It's not. The, the five-star recruits, NIL might change this, but in the past, five-star recruits probably aren't coming to Lincoln, Nebraska. It sucks, but it's the reality of the situation. Look at Wisconsin. Look at Iowa. Somehow, they're able to develop these three stars and make them first-round draft picks and win 10 games every season. And you just haven't seen that. I think Adrian Martinez is a perfect example, too, that since he got to Nebraska, he got worse. <laughs> like how? How is you just? He's not developing players, and I think that's the biggest concern. And I can't even think of a good example of a player that each season has gotten better. I mean, I think Omar, Omar Manning's probably a good example too. It's it's just get him in the facilities, get him in in the weight room, get him part of the program, and he'll develop his skills and and, and be the recruit that he was supposed to be when he when he came here. I mean, he's a four star recruit. And he's supposed to take that next step. It hasn't happened. I, I can't think of anyone that really has just developed into into a solid player. I mean, there there are a few, obviously. I think of you know the draft class that's, that's going in. Austin yeah. Allen, JoJo Doman, those Cam Jurgens, yeah. I think too. Yeah, Cam um, Taylor Britt. But they did. But I think Cam Taylor Britt. I don't know if that's a great example because his junior season he was better. Yeah, he took a step down this past season. I would say so, but not like a dramatic one. No. But more often than not, we just see there's got to be some type of development because that's how a school like Nebraska, at least that's how I see it. You might disagree with me. A school like Nebraska, again, NIL changes this quite a bit, but your blueprint is is getting these three stars and and developing them into solid solid athletes. And then that's just kind of how it has to be. Yeah, I just I, I, I think, you know, I, I don't necessarily put Casey Rogers and him leaving on the level of, of Wandale Robinson or anything like that. But when you when you just kind of look at guys that start getting some movement in the program um, and, you know, you know, some uh, some positive momentum, they leave. Going, they leave. That's the problem. Yeah, I know. J.D. Spielman, yeah. uh, Wandale Robinson kind of being the biggest uh, examples of that. Um, somebody off the text line says, if you know, going back to my question, what what would you tell a stranger what's gone wrong in the Scott Frost era? He says Adrian 
Martinez, and, and certainly the quarterback play is what we focus and that's on. Development, and and he never got better. Yeah, the development portion definitely plays in there, um, and it's hard to argue with that to a degree because that's all that you've seen. I mean, you've had you had uh, glimpses of other quarterbacks uh, get their opportunities, but it's mostly going back to Adrian. That changes this year, obviously, um, but uh, that that's a, that's certainly an answer that I that I could uh, could agree with. But I just I kind of think back to you know Tim, this, you know obviously the basketball but staying in the Nebraska footprint, Tim Miles, Doc Sadler, I think the, that would be my first answer. And obviously with, with uh, it would be roster management. I, I, that that kind of went wrong there. And, you know, I, I think that that's, again, common. I, I think that that's, it, it's harder and harder to keep guys around. And, um, you know, you got to not just recruit and, and now hit the transfer portal. You got to recruit your own guys and make sure that they're good. Um, so it's, it's difficult. But, again, these it, it's not that, you know, it, it's not – more difficult for other coaches to do it across the country, right? Like other people are struggling with it. Others are not like uh, adjusting to what's going on. We'll talk a little bit later about Jay Wright and Roy Williams and coach K and all those guys deciding to hang it up. And maybe that's because of the changing landscape of basketball and, and, and NCAA athletics altogether. Um, but the new wave, there's there's always going to be somebody at the top. Saban isn't having a problem. He's still figuring things out. Um, and for what it's worth, you know, Jay Wright wasn't either. But, uh, you know, going to the Final Four and such. But they uh, maybe it's, it's – I don't think Roy Williams was struggling too much. But he brought that up specifically. Is like, I just don't want to go into this next um, – this next change because it's not what I know and what I feel comfortable with. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be, it's going to be an, uh, obstacle for everybody, but I just, I, I think over the, t- over time. And, and again, the Wandale one hurts you more than anything, oh obviously, God, yeah. but, uh, you can't, you can't continue to lose such key place pieces in the off season. And I'll, and I'll go back to this. And part of it, um, is for me continues to be the, the big losses of cam Jurgens uh at the center position uh and then you know everything that you've lost on the defensive line yeah, um yeah. but uh Damian Daniels particularly because i mean those are the guys that you're talking about s- setting you know you can build around literally because they're the middle of your offense and your defense um so we go through all these seasons and get hyped up about the next guy, you know, the off season and there's not much else to do. You don't want to sit around and mosey about it all the time. Um, But to me, those are big losses. That's a, that's a big deal that can impact your program. And now the defensive line is just so thin. um, It's, it's very scary territory going into the big 10. Now, I guess the the opposite of that, and if they shore up the offensive line, is that you know I I, I do expect the defense to take a step backwards now, you know, and I did before, but not assume, a, yeah. not necessarily um, a huge one. I I trust that Eric Shenander can some somehow kind of put this together and have a, a pretty good unit out there. But every one of his units have gotten better over the last several years uh, on the defensive side of the ball, and now. It might change to a degree. Again, we, we talk about the schedule, so the stats might look a little bit better here and there. But I think there's some games this defensive line is going to have trouble holding up against, you know, Braylon Allen or those type of run-heavy uh, schemes. Maybe even mm-hmm. Illinois, you know, Minnesota, yes. you know, they, they're going to bring it all. They all that's, that's their game plan. Um, and so we'll see. I mean, I think that, I, you know, it's 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 the, there's no spinning the Casey Rogers news into a good thing. But I think what it does do is probably put a little bit more pressure on that offense to get going early, which also um, I don't know how much you want to read in the spring game. But obviously wasn't there at that point. Yeah, in time, so. I, I don't know how much we can read in the spring game. I've, I've been on my rants before, but but this is just kind of a, a perfect example of 
of where I was going with what I was saying earlier. I'm looking at the 2019 recruiting rankings in the Big Ten. So these are presumably the guys that you were playing last season. This was the recruiting class that that a lot of these guys would have been on the field. Iowa, ninth in the Big Ten, 19 three-stars, three four-stars. Went to the Big Ten championship Pretty good game. class for them, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and they went to Big Ten. Yeah. This is where it gets really frustrating. Minnesota, who beat Nebraska and won nine games last season. 23 stars, not a single four or five star. Yeah. And you're winning nine football games? Like something, it just. That's culture over talent, cr- baby. And that's the thing. that <laughs> you're, you, you say this, Bach, but there has to be some type of truth to that, right? Because yeah. somehow P.J. Fleck can go into every single season rowing the boat, winning eight or nine football games, and Nebraska in 2019, fourth in the Big Ten with seven four stars. And you won three games last season. Is it development? Is it co- I I don't know. But when I look at that, that's insane. That is insanity that Nebraska can be fourth in the Big Ten and lose consistently. When's the last time they beat Iowa? 2014. 2014! <laughs> the 2019 class, they had 19 three-stars. They had three four-stars. And yet they're going to the Big Ten championship game. Player development, player development, player development. That is the issue. Yeah, and I think that that has been uh, a huge issue. But I, I think, again, uh, to a degree, last year's or this year's draft class, I suppose, last year's seniors or guys that, that even jumped a uh, class early, whatever, I think that that is uh, somewhat of a saving grace as far as player development goes for Nebraska. The problem is, again, it didn't turn into wins. We know that last year's team was, was a pretty darn good group, right? A bowl-eligible yeah. type of team um, in the very least and, and, and was a, you know, a few plays away here and there from getting some top 25 recognition if they could have turned some of those games around we all know the story i don't have to you don't have to talk you into it um so i i think that that at least uh helps out a little bit in the player development category because we were talking about for years you're just not having these types of draft classes where you go in going i think that you know there's four or five guys that can get drafted um and some of them in the higher rounds like these these guys are coming on this is a legit squad um and that's what happened that's that's what was there last year um and i just i you know i don't know if they have the talent this year but again the schedule is easier the schedule is much easier it's it it doesn't help too much um, that you have the Big Ten West is still there. That's that's what the problem is. No matter what, I don't care how the rest of your schedule is getting uh, lined up, and that's kind of where we when we say the schedule is easier, it's easier. You play Rutgers and in Indiana instead of Penn State and Ohio State or whatever. Right. Um. So that's uh, obviously easy. The non cons pretty weak outside of uh, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um. But the Big Ten West is where the problem has been, and and, and those are the teams you're going to have to get over. So, you know, you're not going to um, – maybe maybe you could even say the Big Ten West might be a little bit easier because some of those teams – I don't know if Minnesota and, and Purdue are both going to be nine-win teams again this year. Um, they might be. I, I sure predict Purdue to do pretty well. Who but, knows? But, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to predict. But regardless, your your, your ranking in the Big Ten is uh is in the Big Ten West and in those teams is is where you really should be um graded and that's been bad over the years so that that's got to change more than anything so if we look at what is it going to take for Scott Frost in, in this uh, experiment to get another year to me it's measured up against the Big Ten West finally not necessarily final record um, because I do think that there's a, a more than 
good chance that this this team is um, has a better record, but is a worse team overall than last year. I could see it, and it's just <laughs> I now I'm just I don't even know if I should keep doing this because I'm just triggering myself. Uh, 2018 again, a lot of guys that you're probably yeah. seeing on the field right now. Minnesota, 22 three stars, three four stars, no five obviously. Iowa came in at number eight, 22 three stars, no four or five stars. And you're in the Big Ten. It's a lunch freaking, pail mentality right You're in the there. Big Ten freaking championship game. At one point, they were second in the country. <laughs> they were supposed to go to the playoff. <laughs> that was pretty early in the year, but yeah. Trust me, if at any point in time Nebraska was second in oh, the country, I know, yeah. you'd be screaming from the rooftops. That <laughs> I'd remind you every day at one point Nebraska every was day. second last year. Every day you would. Yeah. It just it blows my mind. And I this is the first time that I've actually looked this this in depth at the recruiting rankings and the transfer portal changes that. NIL is obviously gonna change that. I think Nebraska might even bump a, a couple spots up in the Big Ten. Uh, hierarchy. They'd probably come in maybe behind Ohio State and Michigan. I don't know. Uh when it comes to NIL. But it's just Something needs to change, like you said, and I and I don't know what that change is, and I don't know what the, the biggest question for me is: what is Trev's answer? Like, what is the number? Because we can say there's no number. There's got to be some type of number in his head that you have to get here, or it's done. I don't know what that number is, and and I think if I had to guess, I'd probably say seven. I'd probably say seven or eight. But to your point, which is the most interesting aspect of it, you could very well win seven games. That You could go seven and five this season, and you could be worse than you were last season. Yeah, and I think there's a possibility that you might, that might not even save you, right? I mean, if you get shellacked by Iowa and Wisconsin and Oklahoma and Michigan and, and you know, all the games that, that kind of matter, and then you drop one you're not supposed to to somebody, right? Um, you know, I then what what progress are you really making? I mean, to a degree, you're, you're, you're better than you were the years past, but the, the goal post isn't to get to 6-6 six and six ultimately. It's, no. it's to, to start to move forward and start to think something. But I don't know. I, I mean, I also think that there's a possibility that the that the, the line in the stand could be six. It could be six six wins um, because that is clearly at least, you know, a bowl game. It's improvement. That doesn't do it everywhere. I think if it's an ugly six wins, that might not get it done again because mm-hmm. of what we're talking about. Um, but at the the same time it, it, it's just this is the problem with with sticking around in in <laughs> in this sort of thing is that I've heard that before right I've heard before no because I've thrown it out the last couple of years oh they haven't made a they haven't made a bowl game so they have to get to six wins and then I'll get a few people that are that are kind of upset and say I don't just want six wins that you're damaging the program you got to get to seven or eight this year well I got three last year three <laughs> And they kept him. So I don't know. Um, but it, <laughs> I'd love to be the guy to say, yeah, let's get eight so that the next year you can hope for ten. But I don't see it. I don't no, know how else to say no, it right now. I just no. don't see it. Um, I think that if you're being honest with yourself, six and six is a good step up for Nebraska. But it depends, it depends on how it looks. Because right. I think a lot of that three – trust me – we all know what Nebraska's record was last season, but as a lot of people in Lincoln saw, that was not a, that was not your standard three and nine football team. Right. Look, you could have replaced them with I don't even remember who was supposed to play Wake Forest in that bowl game that Rutgers ended up jumping in at You're five right. and seven. You could have placed Nebraska three and nine. Nebraska, I think they would have been more competitive against Wake Forest. Would they have won? No, <laughs> but they would have been more competitive. I stand by. If you threw them in the college football playoff in place of Michigan, they would have been more competitive against Georgia. That's not your normal 3-9 football team. But I think that's what also helped save Scott Frost. 
It's, it, you you won three football games, but you were a damn good three-win football team. Yeah, that I mean, that's true, but I've never seen a team get in its own way so many times no. on a week-by-week basis before you can win a game. Or, you know, like I, I, like I, I, I'd say, even their win – Buffalo, that was tough to watch. <laughs> they <laughs> they should have spread. They covered. I the know, spread. but they should have had fifty-six at least. And they scored twenty-eight points. That team, I, I don't. I, there's no. I, I mean, I, I don't know if I'll ever see a thing like that again. I hope not. But I mean, just in college football in general. I mean, we were so close to watching that. Maybe it kind of burns in your head a little bit. But I've never seen a team get in its own way so much. No. And I don't know. And again, I don't. With the the amount of talent that they had leaving off to the draft. I don't know if that's the the talent that got in its own way. I know that the the coaches can't go out there and be on the field, but it's over and over and over again and year after year. I think that might be a coaching thing. And and then, you know, I've also seen other ideas that are that you know, maybe kind of joking is that um if 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 they do turn it around, people are going to say that that this isn't Scott Frost that turned it around, it's the new assistants. Well, yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm leading that's what I'm going to believe. But they trusted Scott Frost in the program enough to come here despite him staying the head coach. That's my only argument against that is Scott Frost had to have some type of role in them coming to Nebraska. Look, if you thought that Scott Frost wasn't the man for the job, you weren't going to join this coaching staff to begin with. Because in a sense, now if you're Mark Whipple, you're connected to Scott Frost whether you like it or not. You are the offensive coordinator for a team that went 3-9 and nine last year and has expectations to at least win 7 or 8. 6. <laughs> 6, if you're, if, if you're box 6. You're connected to that. Your reputation's on the line just as much. You left Pittsburgh where you went to a New Year's 6 Bowl and you had enough faith to jump ship. I don't care about the money. Of course, you're going to get paid more at Nebraska than you are at Pittsburgh. You had enough faith in the program and enough faith in Scott Frost to jump ship and come to Nebraska. Scott Frost had some type of role in that. So, yeah, it is. It is The assistants are going to be, if they're successful this season, Mark Whipple and Mickey Joseph are probably going to have a huge role in that. Don't get me wrong. But they had to have some type of faith in Scott Frost to make that jump. And it, and it might be. And he's a, he's a young guy. And I expected when Nebraska, a young coach, I should say, uh, when, when Nebraska hired him, that uh, they would have to kind of grow with him as a head coach. And I think that that's, that's part of what it is. But I... Eric Shenander saved his job last year. I'm not. It's not a new thing that I'm giving the assistants credit. I saw it last year. Eric Shenander saved his job last year. I mean, if that defense didn't look uh, right. half as good right. as it did, Scott right. Frost isn't the head coach You're of Nebraska right. right now. You're right. So I, I mean, it's 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 just fascinating to kind of see how this plays out, and and hopefully they can they can put it together and again um, get to six wins, but. We said we're going to update our our, 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 our our record prediction. I'm, I'm telling you, I might be leaning oh toward missing God. a bull right now. Okay. Well, let's get let, let's talk about that and get to the texts after the break because we got we got some good text messages. Coming yeah. In. Let's do that. And we do like to hear from you. So if you guys uh, uh, want to make me feel better somehow, go ahead. Give me <laughs> uh, give us a text here four zero two four six four five six eight five on the Sarter Heyman text line. Uh, and uh, don't worry about me. Don't you know? I, I have at least uh, have the Celtics who beat the Nets last night. So you do two and zero. Oh yeah. That's the most fun I've had as a Celtics fan in quite some time. So I'm at least uh, enjoying my uh, my sports success elsewhere. Uh, we'll be right back here on the Ticket Water Cooler, brought to you by Coligan Water here in a minute. <laughs> 